you ready to dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. So all of us have walls. Have you thought about it? We all have these things that protect us, that just surround us. And the question is, what does your wall consist of? Because again, each of us has a wall to deal with. And the blocks might look differently. How we built that wall might look different. What it consists of is different. But the truth is that we all have a wall. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, it says, We are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We use God's mighty weapons, not merely worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. We need to knock some things down today. You see, when Paul penned these words, he was speaking actually to professing believers. So here we go. He was speaking to us. He was speaking of a hard and difficult place, an unbending place, being entrenched, a fortress to be fought over, or an area that has to be contended for. You see, this wall of me that we all have, it can consist of a place, a predicament, a problem. It's anything that hinders us, that hides us, that holds us back, or actually something that keeps us from our full potential in Jesus Christ. Because you and I, we were made for victory. Just say, I was made for victory. Jack Taylor describes the wall of me as embedded in the mind and coupled with the emotions and the will. That sounds pretty strong wall right there. But we find over and over that it's hard for the body of Christ to admit that we have places in our lives that don't glorify God. They're these these little foxes that have come in and they've just become second nature to us. We don't even realize that we're there. So as we look at this wall, as we begin to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it, we have to come face to face with some things. Like this wall, this wall that's not of God, this wall that is snuck in, this wall that tries to stay invisible, will actually toss me to and fro with my beliefs. Some of it might feel like truth, but it doesn't line up biblically. And we find ourselves actually working hard to defend that wall. Ephesians 5, 14 and 15 says, We will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe, because someone has told us something different or because they have cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ. You see, this wall that we build around us, it holds our secret sins. But you know what? There's no such thing as a secretive Christian because the cross demands that I change my life. Paul says, all things have now become new in the old ways I had left behind. You see, we can't hide there. The other thing this wall does is it keeps me from receiving all the blessings that God has for me. And we do not want to miss out on those blessings, okay? But this wall, it it holds them out. Jesus has said that he has come, that we have life. Not only are we to have life, but we're to have abundant, more abundant. So again, as we look at this wall, if we really look closely at it, if we begin to examine it, we begin to see habits or patterns of behavior that developed because we're trying to we're trying to build this wall or hide this wall. Someone once said about the word habit, you can take away the H and you have a bit. You can take away the HA and you will have a bit. You can take away the HAB, H-A-B, and you still have it. You see, unless the wall is completely demolished, we still have it. It's still there. It's still there to trip over. One of the things we find about habits is that the chains of habit are often too weak to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. Isn't that the truth? Go back to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, and we're reminded that we're human, but we don't wage war with human plans. 
with human weapons, we use God's mighty weapons to knock down the satanic strongholds. In other words, anywhere, any place at all, where our life doesn't line up with the word of God, it actually is a potential entry point for the demonic to come in and develop a stronghold in our lives. And trust me, he will make that grow. So let me give you some examples. So let's say that you struggle with doubt. We all go through seasons where we struggle in doubt. The thing is, is when we live in doubt, it can actually produce fear. And when it produces the fear, we just added another block to that wall. And as we add fear, we can find ourselves going quickly from doubt into fear, fear, and then we're scared of failure, and we're scared of destruction, then we're scared of life, we're scared of relationships, and that wall just keeps building. You see, the problem with doubt is that Romans 8.15, and this is going to be out of the message, it says, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It is adventuresome, expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? I love that. What's next, Papa? What do you want to do? Let's go. I'm not going to have doubts and I'm not going to have fears because I'm on an adventure with you. In the New International Version, it says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So as we look at this wall, we realize that many followers of Jesus don't like to deal with this wall. Why? Well, because there's this thing called pride. That's a huge block. That's part of that foundation. But you know what? We're too proud to admit that it's there. We can make excuses to condone the wall. Like, oh, this is just a little thing. It's not going to send me to hell. I'm covered by the grace. But, you know, this is just a little thing. Think of Exodus 32 with the golden calf, where they just went and built, made this calf because Moses was gone too long. You see, if we don't get victory over this wall, the indwelling areas of sin in our lives, the inhabitants in the land, we make peace with them. Okay, we make peace with these indwelling areas of sin, those places that, that were too weak to be noticed and then become to feel like they're too strong to be broken, that we end up in captivity. You know, Joshua 3.10 says, and this is how you will know that the living God is among you. And he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Persezites. It goes on with all these ites, okay? How do we walk in that promise? How do we know that the living God is among you? How do we know that he will drive out, that he will take out brick by brick, block by block, that wall? What are the keys? So we're going to go through some of those keys. Key number one, we have to seek God concerning this wall that we've built around ourselves. I'm going to call it the wall of me. So we have to seek God concerning the wall of me and deal with it his way. Uh, Numbers 33, we have, we have stages of Israel's journey outlined, okay? And so if we go to, to verse 50, it says, On the plains of Moab by the Jordan, across from Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into Canaan, drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their carved images and cast idols and demolish all their high places. Take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given you the land to possess. If we go to verse 55, there's actually a warning. And he says, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble in the land where you will live. 
You see, God hasn't changed and he still demands obedience. And in obedience to the living God, we find freedom. So that means that we have to do it his way. What's our plumb line again for life? Of course, it's the word of God. It's the scripture. So anytime we try to deviate from what he said to do, we'll get us into trouble. And that's what he was saying to the Israelites is I've given you this land, but these are all the things that have to come down. These are all the things that you have to destroy for you to take possession of this land, settle in it because I've given it to you. But if you don't do it, you're not going to have the fullness of everything that I've called, everything that I've given to you. So it's really important. Key number one, that we seek God concerning this wall that we built, ask him to show it to us, ask him to give us the keys to take it down. We repent and we confess and we deal with it his way. We can't make any other excuses. We absolutely must deal with it his way. So the second key that we have is worship and prayer. So worship and truth literally means worship that's not hidden, unconcealed, it's not secret. When we worship in truth, we're hiding nothing from God. We're being open and honest with him, including about this wall and the things that, that stand in our way. You see, both worship and prayer keep us tapped into the very power of God. And that's something to say right now is worship and prayer keeps me tapped into the power of God. That's really, really key. We have to realize with this wall that the primary focus of prayer is not necessarily to rebuke the devil, but to connect with the living God. You see, we have to understand this principle that, that there are times and there are seasons and there are moments where we need to speak directly to the demonic realm and send it fleeing. Absolutely. But if that's our focus, then we actually end up building that wall because our focus is skewed. Our focus has gotten off. However, when we connect to the living God, when that's our focus, when we're worshiping and we're praying, when we're focusing on him, when we're listening, when we go back to uh, principle number one, key number one, and seeking God in all his ways, we're worshiping and praying, combining those together, then actually the demonic cannot stand. If they're attached to that wall, they have to flee. So we have to, as we take down this wall, our focus must be on the master creator. It must be on God. It must be on how he calls us to live, how we worship him, how we pray. Because key number three is that we have to realize, we have to recognize, we have to own the fact that we cannot, we don't have the capabilities in and of ourselves to take this down this wall on our own. If we try to do it on our own, that wall will actually stay standing. Not only will it stay standing, but it will actually become stronger. So we have to recognize and acknowledge that we need help with this thing. It's not coming down on its own. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God really wants you to do. You will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. So as we go and we give ourselves to the Lord and we understand that we can't do this of our own, it says that we can't copy the behaviors and customs, but we let God transform us. God will transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think. He's going to align us with how he thinks, which means that wall comes down, which means he comes right beside us 
and he begins to help us take that wall down. It's not a self-help program. We can't do it on our own. It's God's help that we need as we take that, that wall down. And he doesn't do it for all for us either. We stand side by side with him and we take that wall down, which takes us to key number four. We have to have faith. We have to cultivate that faith that the wall can and will come down. You know, you ever tackle a tough project and you, you just get tired out and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this done. This isn't going to happen. But when you keep working at it, when you keep chipping away at it, eventually you look back and go, oh my, we did that. We were able to do that. Look at the change. Look at the transformation. You see, we have to have faith that the wall can and will come down because every promised land has strongholds that must be dealt with before we can truly claim that land as our own. We can go back to that verse that verses that I read you out of um out of numbers, numbers 33, where it talks about, you know, this is as the people took the land, this is what you have to do in order to have the land. Every promised land has strongholds that must be dealt with before we can truly claim that land of our own. So through faith we can move mountains, and those mountains include, that mountain can include these things that have snuck into our life, the pride, the jealousy, the hopelessness, the despair, the fear. It can be addiction. Um, it can be hopelessness. All these things can become blocks of the wall. Okay, Matthew 17, 20 says, I assure you, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. The other thing that I want to say to you is that we can't leave the rubble behind. We can't just partially take down the wall. We can't go back and say, oh, look at the ruins. That's what used to be there. Because what happens is if we leave that rubble, if we leave blocks of the wall laying around in our weakness, in our humanness, in our frustration, in our weak moments, we're going to begin to put it back up again. Because sometimes it feels easier to hide behind that wall than to be vulnerable in the presence of God. Philip Yancey describes faith. He says, faith means trusting in advance what, what will only make sense in reverse. And I absolutely love that. Let me read that again. Faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Think about your walk with the Lord. How often do we do something for the Lord and it makes no sense in the moment? And yet later we look back and we're like, oh God, that's what you were doing. Oh, wow, that makes perfect sense now. But in the moment, we're like, God, you've got to be kidding. All right, you've got to be kidding. That's how taking down this wall can feel. Because we've been hiding uh, behind it. We've thought it keeps us safe. There, Some of these things, like I said, they've slipped in inadvertently. We didn't even notice that they were there, which is why we need to explore it with the Holy Spirit. And and But because we're so used to it, as it starts to come down, it can feel really strange and it can feel really awkward. But when we when it's all down and we've swept up that rubble and we look at this beautiful life out ahead of us, full of possibilities, full of dreams, full of the power and the glory of God, then it's like, wow, that made so much sense. Lord, thank you that that wall came down. So real quick, we have time. Let's go over the keys again for taking down our wall. Because if you're like me, you have you have some more blocks that have to go off that wall because there is a freedom cry that is resounding. This is a season where God is actually saying to his people, do you want to be free? Do you really, really want to be free? Are you tired of hiding yet? Are you tired of stepping into the world's customs and culture? Are you ready to live life my way? Are you ready to take the land? And to take the land, it means some idols have to come down, some 
some walls have to come down, okay? And they have to come fully down or we will never fully inhabit the land. So here we go. Key number one to taking down your wall. Seek God. Seek God. He's the one. We don't go navel gazing with this. We don't go and try to make up a wall or create a wall. We spend time with the Lord. We ask him to show us the wall and then we deal with it his way. There is no other way that we can build with that, that, that we can take down that wall except his way. If we try to do it any other way, if we try to use any self-help method, if we try to do it, you know, through any other model than God's, it's going to get larger. So key number one, seek God concerning the wall of me and deal with it his way and only his way. Number two, as we're dealing with that wall, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. Okay, we're going to worship and pray and pray and worship and worship and pray and pray and worship because that keeps our focus on him, okay? That keeps our focus solidly where it needs to go. And the thing that happens with worship and prayer is that God will actually reveal, it ties directly again into key number one, God will reveal more portions of that wall that have to come down along with the strategy to take them down. So again, key number one, we seek him. Key number two, worship and prayer. Key number three, we have to partner with him. We cannot take this wall down of our own, and that's actually woven into one and two, but it needs to also stand aside, apart as key number three as its own spot because so often those of us who have an independent streak, we want to take it down our way in our time, and we want to do it ourselves because we don't want anyone to know. And so we have to recognize that this wall cannot come down on its own. And to be honest, sometimes under um, key number three, we need accountability, okay? We need to be in a group with some others. We need to have people who will hold us accountable, who will encourage each other. Because some of those blocks are really hard to take down. But the thing is, God's right there. He's doing it right with us. He's beside us in the trenches, taking down that wall. And he can also bring others who are further ahead in their journey, who can help, help us see past the moment and help us see the goodness that comes with that wall coming down. And then key number four, have faith. That, we can t that the wall can and will come down. And that's so important because it can look so stubborn and it can seem so impossible. But God has declared that the walls are coming down. We align with that cry from the kingdom of heaven that the walls are coming down. Right now, I pray for an increase of faith. We go right in and we cultivate that faith that the wall can and will come down. That it has not become a stronghold that cannot be broken because we serve a mighty God. And so we look, we look at that wall, we look at that stronghold, we look at those individual blocks, we look at the pride, we look at the hypocrisy, we look at the fear, we look at the doubt, we look at the hopelessness, we look at the addictions, and we say no more. We look at the grief and we say no. We look at each block and we say no longer will you be part of this wall. This wall is coming down because of who my God is. Because I was created, you were created, I decree and declare over you that you were created to soar on the wings of eagles, that God has so much more for you than you could ever know. But that wall, that wall has to come down. So right now, we give notice to that wall. We just say, you're coming down in the name of Jesus. You're coming down in the name of Jesus. We're going to do it His way, His method, we're going to do it with worship and prayer. 
We know we can't do it on our own. We need your help, God. We cry out for your help. And, but we decree and declare that that wall's coming down. That wall's coming down. And not only is that wall coming down, it's not going to be rubble. It's not going to be something that we go visit later. But we're going to sweep away all remnants of it so it's as if it never was. Because we want to look out and see the fullness of who God has created us to be. So I just charge you right now to deal with that wall because you have a destiny. God has plans and purposes for you, and those will not be forfeited. That wall, that wall is coming down in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to The Real Truth with Ruth. If you like what you heard today, please visit ruthhendrickson.org for books, blogs, e-courses, and spiritual growth. You can follow Ruth on Facebook or Instagram at Ruth Hendrickson Ministries.